The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. On classic hits. It is Niall Boylan with you right through to 2 o'clock this afternoon. Okay, you might have heard in the news there about Stephen Donnelly. And he's been basically asked by opposition... Um, to clarify the sequence of events prior to Neffet's level five recommendation when everybody went into a panic on Sunday. And just in case you're kind of unclear as to what has happened here. So here's a Minister for Health who spoke to Neffet on Sunday morning, then spoke to them after they had their meeting again on Sunday afternoon. The news, of course, came out from Neffet on Sunday night to the press that they were suggesting a level five lockdown. Leo Varadkar goes on TV um, nothing kind of much was said apart from we're having a cabinet meeting on Monday morning to decide if we're agreeing with Neffet or going along with the recommendations. But Leo Varadkar goes on Clareburn and suggests that the government had no idea what Neffet had discussed and they didn't discuss it with government. And they didn't have all the answers. They didn't know what to do after the circuit break. They didn't know all these things and that Neffet didn't really have answers to all their questions. Meanwhile, it seems that Simon, or should I say... Um, uh, the Minister Stephen Donnelly had already spoken to them but didn't communicate that to anybody else. So Stephen Donnelly has now been asked uh, what were the sequence of events? What did Neffet tell him? Did they recommend a level five? And if they did, why didn't he speak to government about it? He is the Minister for Health. It's the single biggest health crisis in the history of the state. Then to make matters worse, 24 hours after Leo Varadkar has a go at Neffet, basically, and criticizes them live on television, which became the biggest news story of the day yesterday. He's on prime, or the day before yesterday, he was on prime time 24 hours later. And he had been asked the same question that morning on the news, uh, on News Talk, as far as I know, in relation to his reaction to what Leo Varadkar had said the night before. He said he hadn't watched it. Reasonably excusable, it was early in the morning. He was asked then 12 hours later on primetime the same question. What did you think of what Leo Varadkar said? He said he hadn't watched it. He said he knew nothing about it and he had no comment to make about it. But then went on to say that Leo Varadkar said some very positive things about Tony Houlihan and Neffet in that same interview that he didn't allegedly watch. This, you could not make this up. You really couldn't make any of this up at all. By the way, this is the same Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, who we have emailed his office on numerous occasions to come on to our show and answer the questions that my listeners would like to know the answers to, and he has refused point blank. It seems like we are now blacklisted uh, by the Minister for Health. You, any other time, if this had happened, you know what Leo Varadkar did the other night, what Stephen Donnelly seems to be doing now, which is not filling in the government or not communicating properly as Minister for Health, they wouldn't be in their jobs a wet day any other time, but they're getting away with all this now. And answers need to be given as to why they're doing this. Also, we've asked the HSE. There's a very clear problem here. And let me explain it to you very simply before I go to my first guest today. We're seeing numbers in hospitals rise. Um, We're up over probably 140, 150 now. And everybody's getting very concerned about that. But the question has to be asked. We have now increased the number of tests we're doing. Before, we were probably doing 16 to 20,000 tests a week. That's what we were doing around June or July. We're now doing, I think in the last seven days, 93,000 tests. They're saying that at least 2% of those tests will be positive. So that's a 2% margin on 100 people, right? Two people in every 100. If you go into hospital for whatever, day surgery, you go into hospital for dialysis, you go into hospital for routine treatments, you break your leg, you'll be tested now. Everybody is being tested, whereas they weren't all being tested before. So you go into hospital and you break your leg and you test positive for COVID-19, but let's say you're asymptomatic and you've no symptoms. 
you are a COVID admission in hospital now. This is why we're seeing numbers increase. I'm not suggesting there isn't people in there who are specifically in there for COVID-19. I would like to see those numbers. We made a request to the HSE under the Freedom of Information. Ashton sent them a letter asking them to give us a breakdown and not in an insensitive manner because, of course, everybody's life matters and everybody's health matters. And health, by the way, is not just about physical. It's about mental and social as well. That's described by the, by the WHO themselves. We asked for a breakdown of how many people or how many admissions in both hospital and ICU were in there for COVID-19 or were they in there for another reason and just happened to test positive for COVID-19. And under, obviously, this patient confidentiality, we don't want their names, we don't want their ages, we don't want to know, want to know what's wrong with them. We just want to know, can you give us that breakdown? We were refused. We were refused that breakdown. So it's logical when you see Neffet and everybody else telling us that we should be concerned about the increase in numbers of people to go to hospital, it's logical those numbers will increase when we're doing four to five times as many tests every week. That's kind of logical, isn't it? Now, there obviously is more cases of people going into hospital with complications of COVID-19, or maybe for observation, or, you know, just to make sure everybody is okay. And that's fair enough, but it is logical. And we need those answers, because if a government wants to convince the general public that things are as dangerous as they seem and they want to justify locking down our country, taking our jobs, doing everything they're doing, they have to be transparent. But the transparency is lacking. And as people and as citizens of this country, you should demand that transparency. We've tried. Unfortunately, we come up against a brick wall on a regular basis. Now, one thing that is being talked about today is the idea, I suppose, being floated around by a number of government TDs is curbing the opening hours of the off-licenses. Outlining the case uh, to RTEs today uh, with Claire Byrne yesterday, Junior Minister Patrick O'Donovan said alcohol consumption was having an impact on the spread of COVID-19. Without a doubt, of course, alcohol is a social lubricant. We all know that. He said, we're asking people to exercise common sense here. Uh, when you see slabs of cans being taken home, you know they, ca- they are not being taken home for after-dinner aperitifs. We cannot pretend that house parties aren't going on when they clearly are. The government is understood not to be considering curbs on opening hours uh, for off-licenses this time, and it's believed uh, that uh, it would have little effect as people would simply make their purchases earlier in the day. So discussion today that the off-licenses opening hours could be significantly reduced under government plans aimed at clamping down on house parties and social gatherings. Today, I want to know if you would think this would be a good idea to reduce the hours of the off-license. Now, I was very disappointed to see Adrian comments from the... Uh, hotel Association who we spoke to the other day and I empathise with the situation for his members and he then tweeted last night of course uh, that he um, supported the idea of reducing the hours and closing the off licences and I think you know if we're supposed to be all in this together I think it's really unfortunate when business sectors turn against each other and uh, that's very disappointing look it follows the anger over recent scenes I suppose in Galway in the Spanish Arch and in Cork as well we've seen those scenes too Alcohol Action Ireland has welcomed the prospect of potential off-licence restrictions and the group says restrictions should have happened early in the pandemic but that it's never too late uh, to do the right thing Yuna uh, McKinney who is the Head of Communications of Advocacy and Alcohol Action, will be joining me hopefully in a second. Yes, there he is there. And I want to know what you think 
The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Do you think off-licenses should close? Do you think they should have reduced hours? Do you think it'll make a difference? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. You can WhatsApp or you can text. Eulan uh, McKinney is Head of the Communications and Advocacy Alcohol, uh, Alcohol Action Ireland. Sorry, you joined me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Eulan. Sorry, I know we had a few technical problems trying to get you there a second ago. Not at all. How are you, Niall? Good, Eulan. Um, now, I mean, in relation to closing off licenses or reducing the errors of off licenses, we all know that alcohol, of course, is a social lubricant. We tend to become complacent, I suppose, if you have a few drinks on you. But you'd think it'll make a massive amount of difference when you think that already our social lives have been very badly impacted by lockdowns, etc., etc., and restrictions. Would this only make matters worse? I think that you're right. I think all of us are probably all teased off with this particular uh, epidemic and the pandemic. And, you know, of course, our patience and our tempers and our... I suppose our endeavours to try and do the right thing are at a low ebb. But I suppose the point I would be making is that you're right. Alcohol, I mean, the, the you know, the chief medical officer yesterday evening at his, at his first uh, press conference on his return did again highlight that, you know, alcohol, the virus loves alcohol. And why is he saying that? He's saying that because he knows that when we consume alcohol, it is extremely difficult for us to adhere to the guidelines because we do, unfortunately, we lose our ability to make judgment. We lose our ability and we lower our inhibitions. And that's a problem. That's, you know, when, we, when we're asking people to take personal responsibility to manage the transmission of the risk, we equally cannot allow, not, not so much allow, but we cannot stand idly by in the context of alcohol being consumed at such a rapid rate and then subsequently weakly in our results. So but, but, is is it, but the majority, I don't know the stats, and you probably both know them better than I, but the majority yeah. of slabs that you see being purchased in Tesco's or Dunn's or off licenses, I would imagine are not for house parties or the majority of bottles of wine. They're for, you know, mum and dad sitting at home at night, kids gone to bed, they're watching Netflix and they're enjoying a few glasses of wine after a hard day, maybe work or not work, depending on uh, how the restrictions are affecting them. I would imagine the majority of alcohol is used for that purpose. So what we're essentially doing is targeting people who may not be the culprits in this case. Well, no, I think what we're, what we're suggesting is that you could consider introducing restrictions on the availability and the amount and the volume of alcohol and and the price of the alcohol. And you would do that on the basis that you would think it would actually act as a bit of a curb and a bit of a stall on people in relation to just modifying their behaviour. And the reason we would do that is because, of course, none of us want to avoid, or we all want to avoid a situation whereby you go back into an extreme lockdown. And I think in the context of, you know, perhaps making progress here to a variety of, of small choices, this might be just one of those issues whereby you do curb the possibilities of it. So I think in the context of, and I've mm-hmm. given this example before, you know, we, we restrict the level of consumption and the purchase of paracetamol in supermarkets. And we do that for a very good reason, because we know that people who take too much paracetamol can become addicted to it. Well, they can die, essentially. Now, yeah, exactly. And the same is the same rules. Yeah, but but, but if that was the case, so in the context of yeah. this, in the context of this particular crisis right now, when we're trying to really avoid going back into really restrictive processes, it is worth considering mm-hmm. placing restrictions as a prudent act for a short period. And you will see across the world 
many other countries are doing exactly the same thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not completely week. against the, the idea. I mean, you're not, I'm a, I'm yeah. a non-drinker anyway. I don't drink. And I, I'm not uh, the type of person who, who likes to hang around with loads of people drunk anyway in the first place. Mm. But in saying that, I have to have appreciation for other people who do enjoy drinking and do enjoy being mm. a little bit foolhardy. But I mean, before COVID-19 even came along, we had a problem in this country where we have a, I suppose, a very difficult relationship with alcohol. And alcohol mm. indirectly and directly kills so many people every year between domestic violence and child abuse and all those much other things. More, much that, more of them have been killed by coronavirus. Uh, sorry? Much more than has been killed by Absolutely. The coronavirus. So we, we, but we never, at the time, when the, let's park coronavirus for a second and go mm. back a year. I mean, I don't know if you would have been on the air with me saying to me, I think we should reduce the amount of alcohol or uh, curb the amount of the sales of alcohol or the, the, or the amount of units sold to people based on the fact that we're seeing, you know, petty crime, domestic violence, all these other things attached to the, the use of alcohol. We wouldn't have done that. And, and by the way, and you're right, many more people have died than COVID-19 in relation to the abuse of alcohol. So, I mean, what's the difference now? I mean, because realistically, I don't, I mean, I know Tony Holohan has said it, but I don't think it's a huge factor. I think it's a factor for the house parties for the younger people. But I think by doing this, it's not going to stop young people drinking. Prohibition never worked in America. I mean, Al Capone made sure of that. But in saying that, I mean, the young people will just get it anyway. The ones that are actually doing the damage, if that's the word you want to use. Yeah, no, I think there's two points there. I think if we'd had a conversation a year ago or two years ago in relation to some of the issues that we're talking about now, I would have been advocating some restrictions in relation to the activity of the sale of alcohol in the in the retail landscape. And I think that has, that has been persistently a problem in relation to what you call our relationship with alcohol. You know, we have consistently allowed the availability of alcohol to be ubiquitous. It is on every street corner. We have allowed it to be sold for too cheaply, which has facilitated excessive volumes and excessive consumption of it. So I think, and the licensing around how that has occurred definitely has been a problem. But that being said, I think the context now is would these measures make any difference? And I think yes is the answer. Well, would they not? If you, res- but yeah, it, but I mean, if you looked at the measures that have been suggested by TDs, say you open the off licenses between nine and eleven in the morning for two hours, mm-hmm. right? All that's going to happen is you're going to have ten times as many people queuing up between uh, nine and eleven o'clock in the morning. You're going to make it inaccessible to people who are working hard because they can't get to the off license. You're going to, if you reduce, say, the amount of alcohol people buy, uh, uh, the units they can purchase. They're just going to go to two or three different off licenses, which in turn is probably oh. a bad idea for spreading a virus. So I, I think it would, be, it might actually be counterproductive because people no, are not going to stop drinking. No, no, I accept. No, no, I'm not, not suggesting for a second that people should stop drinking. What we're suggesting, what, are, what we're talking about here is putting in place for a short term period some degree of restrictions. And I think you're right. If you only allowed off licenses to be open between 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning, you would undoubtedly have a problem. But I'm not suggesting that. I'm thinking perhaps that we should curb it perhaps later in the evening. We're also talking about it in in context of limiting the volume of purchase. And you're right, yes, of course, if you put a limit on people's purchase for a period of two or three weeks, maybe to reflect the level three period that we're at, you may very well find people will go next door to the next place, etc., and all that. But generally speaking, generally speaking, that hasn't been the case. We had the same argument in relation to the pubs when it was said we'd have to book our time for the pub. People said, no, no, people would, would book multiple trips to the pubs. Now, that largely hasn't happened. Most people actually do understand 
that restrictions are put in place for a good reason. And I think in this context, for a short period, in line with what is clearly strong public health advice in relation to the problem that we're experiencing around alcohol, and it's just related to its, to its contribution mm-hmm. to the managing the transmission of the risk, is I think that these could be managed in a very constructive way around, as I say, okay. extending, uh, I, I, uh, limiting some availability of hours, limiting some degree of availability of volume, and ultimately perhaps looking at the price of alcohol. Okay, and, and in relation to, well, I, I don't know whether the price is going to be a factor, but, well, price well, might have been a factor all along, but, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, before yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think that's anything course. to do with COVID. Okay, in relation to, well, Adrian Cummins, who is the CEO of the of the um, Restaurant Association, he was on with us during the week, but he tweeted last mm. night that he supported the government action in relation to off-license, which I was disappointed to see because I believe technically we're all supposed to be in this together and not fighting with each other, and I don't want to see people in off-licenses lose exactly. their jobs either. But, Surely, you know, the idea that we're closing restaurants, closing bars, not allowing wet bars to open in Dublin or Donegal or whatever it happens to be at the moment currently, we could be going into an an all-out lockdown, maybe a circuit breaker, as they're calling next week. Surely Mm. the idea that people drinking unsupervised is worse than people drinking supervised because the bars, the restaurants, they've made absolutely unbelievable efforts. Now, don't get me wrong, they're not 100%. Some of them are failing a little bit, but most of them have made a good effort to supervise the drinking. Surely that's yeah. a better idea than just, you know, let's let's just try to take the alcohol away because you look, you know what Ireland is like. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not part of it. I don't drink, but you know as well as I do, you know what Ireland is like when it comes to alcohol. Yeah. I mean, no, I, there'll I, be a revolution I, I, if they take the alcohol yeah. away. Absolutely, and, and we made this point yesterday in relation to the statement we issued on this. I mean, we, the last thing you want to drive here is some degree of a panic and, and you know, further civil disharmony. And, you know, we have to remember that over 50% of the population that drink in Ireland do so in a harmful enough way, and that that is a reality. So 50% the we, of drinkers, yes. you, you believe, drink too much? According to the... I, Data from the WHO, they certainly would be drinking in a harmful way. Mm. In a harmful and is, way. And by the way, have we had new data since March? Because I can only imagine, with the exception of alcoholics who will get, obviously, drink come hell or high water, um, I can mm. only imagine that, you know, our drinking habits, although maybe the consumption of wine at home might have gone up, but generally speaking, our drinking units per head must mm. have gone yeah. down in the last seven months. Sure. No, I. In the, in, the, in the terms of the data that's available to us, which is for the first half of the year, January to June, we can see that there's been a reduction in alcohol consumption by 4%, only 4%. And that's I thought it would be more than that. Yeah, but, yeah. Exactly. Despite the polls being closed for 15 weeks in that period. Well, now what we have seen is consistently through April, May, June, July and August is excessive sales increases in the off-trade, 44% in April, 70% in May, 93% in June, 76% in July, etc. So we have seen what's happened is we've had a massive shift in relation to people's consumption of alcohol from licensed pubs into their homes. And to go back to your point, you're absolutely right. We would prefer to see, and we did welcome when the pubs were reopened, because there is an absolute problem with the level of unfettered access to free-flowing alcohol in a domestic setting. And that is, of course, nobody wants to interfere with people's, you know, the privacy and the entitlement in one's home. But the difficulty is, with that level of alcohol, 
pouring into people's homes is we have 200,000 kids who live every single day with parental alcohol misuse. I know, I know. And it's a a shock. That's a shocking situation. Yeah, exactly. But but, I mean, the the only thing I am concerned about, you know, and I'll say this is over the last, you know, kind of few weeks, well, well, not just few weeks, but certainly since March, you know, we've seen people's social lives affected and their mental health affected. Absolutely. And, you know, only yesterday you had the guards then upsetting traffic of people coming and going to work, by the way. And and these silly checkpoints, but not guards not even standing at them, just just to slow down traffic. And it upset a lot of people. We had them on the air yesterday. People needed to make necessary journeys, get disabled kids to hospitals and schools, and, and they were held up for two and three hours. It just seems we're constantly picking on the people of Ireland when it comes to this virus. I understand the virus is there. I understand the health implications. But, you know, we have to be reasonable with the people of the country because they have lives to lead. And I just think this is another little bash at them again. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I completely agree with you. I'm part of those people. I, I too suffer from these great inconveniences and frustrations in my life on a day-to-day basis. But I'm no different than anybody else. Well, what we have to try and think about is the context that if if we want to avoid severe restrictions coming back like we had in March and April, well, then we're going to have to make a lot of small choices about a lot of difficult things. And in that context of just trying to do one thing in that instance, maybe it may be possible that we might consider some action around alcohol because it is undoubtedly one of the points. One of the major points, to quote Tony Hoonan, it is an important part, is what he said. Okay. So okay. if it's an important part, we should try to do something about it. And that's recognising that people are deeply frustrated and fed up with all of this. But at the same time, it's never too late to do the right thing. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. Yunan McKinney, who's Head of Communications and Advocacy for Alcohol Action, RNA. Appreciate you coming on the air today. Okay, well, I want to know what you think. Should we limit the amount of units sold? Should we reduce the hours? Should we close them earlier? When it comes to the off-license, it's the idea the government will say it would reduce probably the access to alcohol and the amount of house parties. Would it make a difference? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. If you think it would make a difference, I want to know about it. Noel, if they open the pubs and they close the off-licenses and don't allow the pubs to sell takeaways, so that means that anyone who's drinking is being supervised under the COVID guidelines. I think that might work. Anyway, it's a great show. Cheers. I'm kind of, I agree with the principle of what you're saying. And, you know, if we're basing this on the restrictions and you're agreeing with the restrictions, I see the principle of what you're saying. I would probably change it a bit and say, let's stop, if you wanted to go down that route, the large supermarkets selling, you know, the beers and the garages, etc., etc. But stick to the off-licenses. Because... The problem is that's not really going to affect the amount of jobs in the supermarket. I'm worried about people's jobs. And I think it's unfair of us to have a go at off-license because they employ a lot of people. And when it comes to the supermarkets, the Tesco's and the Dunn's, they're employing the people anyway. They just happen to have off-licenses. But I think specific off-licenses do employ people. I think it's really unfortunate. And I don't want to see anybody, and I mean anybody, losing their job to COVID-19. So I agree with some of what you said. And I do agree that pubs is a more supervised place to have an L L drink. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Loads of texts, by the way, coming in. Somebody says here, uh, we have so much money for alcohol and drugs, but no money to pay rent or buy food. 
Niall, I hear we will be closing takeaways and uh, sugary sweets now as we all put on weight since the lockdown. Stupid to think uh, offies could be closed. Another person says, I wonder if the shops will run out of sleeping tablets people are taking. If they do it, uh, they might. Uh, something, the, the life they had. I have no idea what that's even supposed to mean. But anyway, it's kind of rambles on a little bit. Uh, the government will compensate the off-license for closing based on their tax returns. All state compensation is based on tax returns. I think COVID is exposing our black market. You're probably right, actually. It probably is exposing the few quid they were putting to the side. Some of you are very logical, but some of you are a bit mad today. The only way to stop the parties and people drinking is to give the guardie more power to do their jobs. But may I suggest moving to Russia or North Korea, if that's what you'd like, the guardie? I mean, much of you had to drink? Ah, you've had two already? <laughs> Come here. Put the cuffs on you there. Down to the station. You've had three drinks. Did you buy them in an off-license? You're only supposed to buy two in an off-license. You have three in your bag. I'm taking you to the station. I would just stop. Would you stop? Do you not think it's bad enough in this country for people? I agree with Dr. Freely, says somebody else. Uh, the whole thing is way over the top. It's just a bad flu. Now, Dr. Freely didn't actually say that, by the way, if you actually read what he said. For some groupings, he was talking about, say, the under 65s and certainly the under 20 years of age. Uh, obviously, for those over that age, it's not just a bad flu. The whole country is brainwashed. Also, if masks worked, the figures would be going down, not up, seeing as everyone is wearing them indoors now. I'm kind of on the fence on that one, to be honest with you. There is a bit of a correlation there, isn't there? Which proves that they don't work. And the pure and utter money racket. Wake up, people, and smell the coffee and listen to someone like Dr. Feely. Now, but if you are listening to Dr. Feely, please make sure you read in context what he said, who tore certain experts to shreds on primetime last week. And we need more like him to speak up with the HSE firing them uh, for telling the truth. That comes here from Kieran. I did watch Dr. Feely last night on The Tonight Show. Although it's difficult to watch when Matt Cooper's asking them the questions. But however, there was somebody else on it. I don't know who the expert was on it uh, with Dr. Feely who suggested that children in Ireland were dying from COVID-19, which is completely and utterly untrue. Um, and I'm glad Dr. Feely pulled him up on that silly point. But this is the irrational kind of conversation that comes out of some of these experts. Uh, let me go to Brian. Brian, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Brian? How are you, Niall? Uh, Brian, I mean, what about closing the off-licenses or limiting the times they open or limiting the numbers of you know bottles of wine you can buy? Yeah, I think they should be all closed. Uh, pubs and off licenses, everything should be closed. Do you drink, Brian? I don't know, but I used to drink. I don't anymore. Yeah, well, see, Brian, that's all well and good for you. And well and good for me. I couldn't care less. I don't drink either. But if somebody likes a drink, a social drink, do you not think you're being yeah, a bit unfair on them? Well, it's house parties now that have us in the place we are now, yeah. But the majority of people drinking are not at house parties. Well, listen, there's a, there's a pub, a famous pub on the North Circle Road there. Mm-hmm. That Delivers drink to your house, yeah? Yep. And now he has another thing that he, he, he can buy two barrels, gas, point, point glasses, the whole lot, for 700 euro, yeah? Okay. Now what's that? Is that not promoting health parties? Well, it's, pro- it's promoting drinking in your home. Uh, two barrels. Well, I don't. I don't know anybody who's bought two barrels personally. <laughs> but I mean, what, what I mean, okay, Brian, do you really believe that if we close the pubs, if we close the off licenses, do you think that young people who want to have a good time are not going to find another way to get alcohol? It'll end up on the black market. You don't make it easy for them. You don't, give them, you don't deliver two barrels of Guinness or two barrels of whatever to the house. 
Don't think I have a health well, no, I, no I, I, I don't agree with that. And I think somebody should step in there and say, lads, you know, this this well, is a bit OTT. How are the guys letting this fellow away with it? You know what I mean? But there's no, the well, yeah, but there's no law against that. Of course there is. Well, no, the restrictions clearly say that outside of Dublin, of course, wet pubs can, st- and in Dublin, wet pubs can do takeaways. Yeah, but we've declared, we've, it's takeaway too. Well, takeaway take take can be whatever you want it to be. I don't think it'd be allowed. I don't think it's, it's legal Why? to be delivering two, 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 two kegs to someone's house. <laughs> I, do, I don't know the legalities of a pap, but I, I don't think it's probably illegal. But even even if it's, if it's legal or not legal, is, is, it, is, it, is it in the spirit of what we're all trying to do? We're okay, and, and, and I understand, I can understand that we should be monitoring stuff like that going on, and I'm not going to disagree with you. Be, but yeah, but, you, but you, you've just told me you'd like to see all the pubs and all the off-licenses closed. For, for, for two weeks, maybe four weeks, I'll get to beat this thing down, and then let's go back and see what we can do. See, but I, then you have fellas like this fellow on the North Tech Road. Well, okay, we don't keep going on about the yeah, fellow yeah. on the North Circular Road. I mean, you're, you're giving me an anecdotal story there that I'm not familiar with, so it's kind of, you know, and I'm sure there's many more other anecdotal stories around the country of fellas yeah, telling selling too much drink. But that's not, not every pub and every restaurant is doing that. Or every off-license is doing that. The ones that are doing it should be closed down. Okay, but what about the rest of them? Close, so you're saying close down all access to alcohol for three weeks? For two, three, maybe four weeks, yeah. Okay, well, stay there for a second. Uh, let me go to John as well. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? How are you, Niall? How are things? Uh, Pat wants to close all access to alcohol for three weeks. There'd be a revolution, okay. I'd say. Go on. It's going to be very unfair to have a blanket ban for pubs and alcohol in the country. Um, like, at the end of the day, to be that severe overnight just wouldn't work. The, e- the easy, like, we're, people are going to be drinking no matter what, and people are going to be looking for a drink no matter what. The, for me, like an easy solution would be kind of, maybe, let's, let, let, let's look at it. It's the larger groups that are drinking. It's the house parties and stuff like that. Maybe close the, the, the majority of people drinking at home are not having house parties. They're having so look, a few drinks a, themselves. Yeah, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of house parties going on and stuff like that. My, like, w- one way of looking at it, like the rural small pubs, like I, I'm looking at it from a kind of a more of a job perspective as well. You have smaller pubs around the country that they're not going to be able to get through the next month or two if, they, if, they're, if they're closed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe something like open, open small rural pubs or smaller pubs from a Monday to a Thursday, close, close down pubs then for the weekend. It'll keep, it'll keep smaller pubs and general pubs in business, keep people employed. You know, keep them ticking over for a couple of weeks. It'll reduce you know, the, the the binging and things like that as well. Closed supermarkets for selling alcohol or whatever. But, like, I think to a blanket ban on pubs just is it's just not going to work. There's no way. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show with Team Hygiene, suppliers of Symmetry Hand Sanitizer. Keep COVID safe. Sanitize those hands. Symmetry Hand Sanitizer. Classic Somebody says, I thought we were supposed to be at level three. Why are the pubs closed? Well, they're closed in Dublin and Donegal. They're not closed in the rest of the country. Uh, level four is when the pubs are only allowed to serve up to 15 people outside. So we must be in level 3.5. Could you please clarify this? Well, it's obviously Dublin and Donegal are at kind of 3.5.2-ish version one. Um, yes, but if you're in a restaurant, of course, restaurants are only allowed to serve 15 people outside at the moment. 
and that seems to be the way it is for most of them. But most of the places that I've seen now, the gastro pubs as well, of course, would be considered to be restaurants. So you see, there's a, it's all very confusing. I understand, and I understand why the general public are very confused by the whole thing. But getting back to the, the alcohol as well. Okay, so John there is suggesting, John, you would suggest they close from Friday to Sunday and no under 25s into the pubs. Just, yeah, like... They'd be murder, John. They'd I know they'd be... Look, look, Niall, at the end of the day, I don't think there's a correct answer to any of this anyway, in general. You know, no matter what, no matter what's going to be proposed from the government, there's, like, we're not going to be happy no matter what. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a long time before we get back to any way normal like we, like, like we used to know it. Now, the government are, are look... Obviously, in talks with Netflix and all that, and they're and they're looking at social media. They're looking at all these videos of groups of kids and you know house parties. Yeah, but you can't be, you can't be dictating public policy on a hundred teenage ha- teenagers having the crack in Galway. You know, I know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. But what what I am saying is they're they're realizing that fact that the more the more we reduce the restrictions and go back to a, like go back to a two or go back to a one, it's going to open up more and more problems like that. The further we go on with it, so they're. Nefe are wanting to jump to five, and the government are—they're obviously not going to do that very, very like straight away. That's too—it's too harsh. It's too quick. Me personally, I believe that what they, what they're trying to do is say, right, we're going to go to three. We're going to go to three like Donegal and Dublin have. But for me, the numbers in Donegal and Dublin haven't really reduced a whole lot, even through three. So it's going to give the government a chance to give it a couple of weeks, and then if the numbers haven't come down. If they move to step four, we can't really be given out of it because the numbers aren't coming down. It's 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 the next step. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get into the technical argument of numbers today. Basing public policy on cases, and that's what we're doing, when clearly we're testing more people, so logically we'd have more cases. Um, also, when we talk about in relation to PCR testing and the 1% margin of error on false positives, I mean... Like, to be honest with you, I think, personally, I believe it's a bad move for any government to base public policy on cases. What we should be basing public policy is is, is on mortality. And that's exactly. that's the real problem. Okay, but that's a whole other argument. Let me just go to, to Mo as well. Mo, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Mo? Hello, how are you? Good. Mo, I mean, should we... I mean, you've heard John's suggestion. I mean, Brian, before the break, suggested closing the pubs and off-license for three weeks. No alcohol whatsoever. I don't think that's a runner. Um, John is collecting, suggesting close them at the weekends and no under 25 is allowed to get alcohol. What, what do you reckon? Well, I kind of agree with what you just said. Um, I think that if you wanted to stop young people gathering and getting really drunk outside, you'd go into schools and you would educate young 10-year-olds and you would breed out of their children that it's not cool to be drunk and falling around and... You'd wonder why they want to do it mm-hmm. because it has literally been bred into them that you know Ireland is a place for music and a pint. Yeah, crack. And having the crack, yeah, getting and pissed. The other thing is, is is this a thing that is going to now be policy for long term Ireland because it's fed up of seeing its young people develop horrible alcohol problems, which then go on to be grown ups, and it's devastating for families. Or is it only because COVID's here? And once we go back to normal. We can all go out and you can go out and get on the last. And we well, but this is what I can't understand. Why we're suddenly talking about why alcohol is a huge problem in Ireland, right? Suddenly, and when it comes to COVID-19, or maybe responsible in some way for a few extra infections and one or two people dying in relation to directly from alcohol, I'm talking about, and COVID-19 combined. Whereas yeah. last year, 
before COVID-19 even existed, we had a massive problem, and we have often talked about it, with the amount of d- deaths directly and indirectly from alcohol between domestic violence, child abuse, murders, uh, you know, petty crime, and of course, alcohol itself causing liver damage. So we had a massive problem with alcohol, and we didn't do anything about it. We, we didn't seem to be interested in doing anything so serious about it. I think that the other thing is, is that I personally, it's only my opinion, I think at this time, governments have to be very careful not to try and implement policies to try and uh, that would look to favour the bigger companies and conglomerates, the bigger supermarkets, uh, without bringing in directly small off-license holders, because these are people with shops and they have an off-license infection. Mm-hmm. And if you close them or restrict them, are you going to close and restrict Tesco's and Aldi's? And I don't see that happening. And they can look as if they're favouring those companies over those small guys. Yeah, well, I, I, it would be difficult. It would be di- well. They'll have to close off the section that sells alcohol, I suppose. Okay, so so you wouldn't agree with closing them, and you wouldn't agree with restricting them because you believe there's no point because it would be just too difficult to manage. No, I just I think that if you feel if the educate people is what you're talking about. Go into the schools, and that's where you stop. Mm. Oh, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. And, all I, your systems. Um, and, and I have to say, I, I agree with what Mark Tighe said from the Irish Times last week on television when he said we need to start talking to students and not at them, um, because that's what we've been doing for years. We've been telling them what they can do, but we need to tell. We need to talk to them and tell them why. Um, well, I, to, to, I see. I also noticed in this country that people were encouraged to go to college and university, and then when they go there. The thing that they have always been brought up to learn as part of that is now not acceptable and you're not allowed to do it. So why did they ask them to come to college in the first place? Yeah, because they're only going yeah. in one day and you can't leave the building and you can't socialise. Why did I get asked to come and pay my fees this year? Nobody told me that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no. And college is more than just an, an academic education. It's it's learning how to make friends, learning how to work as a group, learning to enjoy your life as well. Um, we'll stay there as well. I want to go to David. David, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, David? Hi, Niall. I just uh, one or two points. First of all, uh, drinking goes back a long time. They were drinking at home for a long time as well. When I think it was Jesus changed the water into wine at one of the weddings, you know. So yeah. he was a good, fun guy. I think myself that... Um, off licenses should be left open. What should be stopped to me? Uh, the government should bring a paper forward and stop supermarkets and shops selling alcohol. I go into the shops with my children, but, uh, and the first thing we see is spirits, wines, and cheap beers. That must stop. And pubs should. Well, I've have seen. I've seen it. People coming out of the supermarket with trolley loads of, <laughs> of slabs of beer. Yeah. If the government are serious about um, alcohol in the country and the well-being of young people and old people, they have to stop allowing... The shops are there to sell food and produce. They weren't there to sell alcohol. If you remember, you're too young maybe, but years ago... Ah, stop, uh, I'm 57. Yeah, well, you're the same as myself. Years ago, we used to go in West Cork, we could go into shops which had, which are pubs which had a little shop separate to it. It was across the counter, mm-hmm. still in parts of Kerry. Yeah. They had a license for that. Now, I, the, the, the fact that pubs, I think all pubs today, the government should give each pub an off-license as well as an on-license, a separate place to sell alcohol at off-license um, uh, well, they did prices. use. I remember years ago, pubs did have off they, licenses. They did, but yeah. I think the government over the years made it very hard when when that all stopped them. Win. It was like a hatch. There was always a That's hatch right. in the pub. That's yeah, right. yeah. I remember uh, dad going over. It, it, yeah, it worked fine. But what yeah. happened was the government got more money by uh, allowing the supermarkets 
to saturate and the, the garages and everything house. else exactly. yeah of course yeah no i think if that was stopped we would sort an awful lot of problems out in our country. I know you're never going to stop people coming into the country bringing alcohol. You're going to have to control that. Also, pubs are supervised with the guard inspections. People who are very drunk, the public can control them out, or the guards can do something about it. Well, there's already laws in place to do that. We just don't enforce those laws. We do not enforce But I do really think that the way to go is stop selling alcohol in the supermarkets, allow the off-licenses to keep stay open and allow pubs, uh, public premises, to sell... At off-licence um, prices. Off prices. Okay, OK. Now, what, do you, what do you reckon about that, John? Would that be a good idea? Oh, John is gone there, is he? Yeah, he no, is. I'm not gone. No, oh, yeah. Would that be, I know that doesn't really tackle your issue. You want them closed at the weekend and you want under-25s out of them. But, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of a compromise there, which is, you know, to stop the... I mean, when we, we see people coming out of supermarkets with slabs upon slabs in trolleys yeah. full, that's the problem, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know what's right. It's hard to know what the right thing to do is and what's the answer that's going to help this whole area, you know? Um, like, the alcohol side of it, the majority of people can drink responsibly with, with alcohol. It's, it's you know... If you think about from the way we, where we are now, over the last five or six months, there's been a built-up kind of okay. We need to get back to normal, and everyone yeah. as, soon as, as soon as restrictions were lifted, everyone has kind of went mad for a couple of weeks. I, I don't think we people went mad. I, I I don't buy that. I've heard somebody say that yesterday on the radio too. I don't think people went mad. I I think people just went back to being human beings again. No, you've kind of almost forgot what normality is. If you class, if you class, normal human being jumping on top of Phone boxes being normal. I, I don't know what normal is. Anymore. Ah, so, see, no, no, no. Stop, John. Will you? That was. I mean, I could show you a million videos over the last four years where that. groups of teenagers that. have done mental things. You know, I know the lad up on top of the phone box and is stripping off. I saw the video. I mean, I mean, but generally speaking, they weren't doing a huge amount of harm. They were during a pandemic, obviously, because they're not meant to be doing that. But generally speaking, look, they weren't. They were just young people, or with no, no, it's, it's an anecdotal anecdote uh, story. You know what I mean? I get, I get all that. We're all, we're all young ones. We all, like, we all act like, like we all go a bit mad. But what my point is, when Nefit and the Doctor Hulan, all these, all these doctors are looking at these videos on social media, they're thinking, okay, we have to pull it back now because it's just. Well, 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 you know what? If that's what experts, and I mean so civil servants, immunologists, doctors, and people who we deem to be experts, if they're looking at videos like that on social media and deciding public policy on it, anecdotal videos, well, then we have a huge problem. A bigger uh, problem no, than I thought we had. Sorry, David. Sorry, David. Yeah, go no, ahead. No, I, I was in holidays for a few do- days on in Kerry. We used to go down there. Uh, my good wife and myself. And I felt so, so... I couldn't wait to get home. I couldn't get wait home to West Cork. Um, I felt so sorry for the pubs. I felt so sorry for the, the, the hotels down there. It's terrible. There's no one out. There is, I know it's October, but we usually go down in October and September, and there's always a bit of a buzz. And the people down there are depressed. They are depressed. It's terrible. There's the weather, no I, 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 I sense it. There's a kind of national depression at the moment, and I believe it. I just see it getting worse and worse and worse. Listen, thank you, David. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mike, and everybody else who got involved there today. Noel, how are you doing? Let's just say I call a spade a spade here, Noel. Nobody actually goes to the bleeding off license to buy a drink anymore. They all just get it in Tesco's. So, number one, it's cheaper in Tesco's. Every time I go, look, I go and I get maybe a box of beer every three weeks, say, uh, and then the missus will have a bottle of wine at the weekend. And the off, like the, the drink part in Tesco's is jammers. It's absolutely flying out the door. 
I don't know anybody that goes to the off license anymore. It's where it's Tesco's that you need to close, and the likes of Tesco, Duns, and you know Super Value. You need to close that. The off license is a drop in the ocean. 